so they came, they had a few nice meals, maybe they took in some of that fresh Wyoming air, but it didn't shift the dial in any way. I'm talking about the Jackson Hole Symposium, where often central bankers will they say something that does shift thinking a little bit, but not this time, not from Jerome Powell, so no massive moves on the markets, although the equity markets are excited again, perhaps for reasons known only to themselves. Uh, but maybe more important is what comes up this week, including US jobs data at the end of the week and Aussie inflation, middle of the week as well. It's Monday, the 28th of August, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, last week we saw the US dollar edge up 0.7% across the week. The Aussie dollar climbing, then falling to finish the week flat, just over 64 US cents. The euro lost 0.6% last week. The pound was down 1.2%. So the Aussie dollar is now worth 51 pence when it was edging close to the 50 pence mark before. The slide in the yen slowed. But the dollar, US dollar to the yen still managed to climb 0.7% last week. US equities were happy on Friday. As I say, the Dow and the S&P were up 0.7%. The Nasdaq climbed 0.9%. All that after big falls on Thursday. But still, on the week, well, uh, we saw the Nasdaq finish 2.3% up. The S&P up 0.8%. But the Dow down half a percent. And bond yields slow on Friday for the US. Uh, and edging ever so slightly lower last week for 10 years. Down just two basis points to end at 4.24%, but two years climbed up 13 basis points last week to 5.08%, so sort of back to where we were in March. And Aussie 10-year yields fell last week from 4.24% to 4.17%, seven basis points lower across the week, uh, but just a, a few basis points lower for three years across the week. And oil on the rise on Friday. WTI gained 1%, Brent climbed 1.3%, getting close to 85 a barrel. So what happens today in the aftermath of the Jackson Hole Summit and that speech on Friday from Jerome Powell? Don't get your hopes up. Uh, let's uh, look at how the markets responded with NAB Sky Masters. I mean, they were confused, weren't they, Sky? Or bored, I'm not sure. Uh, but, I mean, if you were to pick a side, was he hawkish or was he dovish? And how's the market taken it? Morning, Phil. Look, I think, um, I guess for markets, there wasn't really anything new that came out of the speeches um, from Jackson Hole. Uh, you know, the key message that came from the Fed, ECB and BOE, you know, was still that possibility of, of um, further tightening, um, you know, and, and that rates will remain higher for longer um, because the central banks need the confidence that inflation is moving sustainably towards their objective. Um, and for now, economic data, at least in the US, I'd say, is not really challenging that challenging that view. So they're, they're comments that we've we've already heard from from central banks. So as I said, nothing really nothing really new. Having said that, um, you, you did see in in the US OS OIS um, pricing lifted a little bit for the Fed. So maybe power was seen as a little bit more hawkish, maybe sort of opening the door a little bit more for potentially one more rate hike. Um, market still pricing a very low risk of a tightening by the Fed in September, only five basis points priced, but they did marginally lift um, terminal pricing. Um, so they've got 15 basis points or just over 15 basis points of tightening priced um, for November. Um, so, you know, Treasury yields did did sell off Um Post Powell's speech, um, US two years held that sell off into the close. Um, as you said, closing at at five oh eight, but the ten years did did retrace a little bit and and ended the session at the midpoint of its 
of its trading yeah. range. So, so um, slightly, slightly hawkish, it seems to be. The you know, it's, it seems, and yet he did say, you know, uh, that uh, he's not sure the full effect of their tightening has been passed through the, the system yet. Basically, so I mean, that that would you know, we, so there was a little bit of dovishness in there. Yeah, definitely, and and you know that it. It, it's uncertain, and I've said that to you, to you before. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, central bank speak. One hand, on the one hand, this, and on the other hand, this. Yeah, well. Powell did say, you know, we, the central banks are all saying, you know, they want to be sure that inflation is sustainably down, and so you know, Powell did point out what is required for that. He said, you know, we need a period of below trend economic growth, as well as some softening in labour market conditions. So on that front, you know, while growth had slowed. I guess this year in the US, GDP has surprised to the upside. Um, you know, we've seen that in in all the upward revisions that economists have made to their to their forecasts and pushing out of expectations of recession. Um, and then also on, I guess on the the labor market, you know, Powell noted that there are signs that it is rebalancing. Um, you're seeing increased participation, job openings are heading lower. Payroll growth is slowing, total hours are flat. But then he also noted that um, evidence that the tightness in the labour market is no longer easing could also call for a monetary policy response. So sort of balancing that, well, we're not quite sure yet um, whether we've done enough. And I guess that yeah. that sort of points to this week's payroll report as being very, very important. Yeah, always, of course, but increasingly, as every month goes by, more and more important. We had the University of Michigan Inflation Expectations Survey for August as well. The final read of that was out on Friday, and it saw inflation expectations actually pick up a little. From th- little. I mean, not a great deal, but from 3.4% expected to up to 3.5%. So, again, more of that uh, higher for longer expectations. That did catch my eye. Um, it didn't really get a lot of um, newsprint because uh, everyone seemed to be focused on on Jackson Hole, but yeah, the the it's it's a bit concerning that inflation expectations were revised upwards. So you know that one year um, inflation expectations did hit three point three back in June, but for the last two months it's been heading higher and it's now back at three and a half. Um, so that stickiness in inflation expectations is is still there and a little bit concerning. Well, that will be because people are seeing their mortgage rate increase, though, isn't it? Because that has been on the on the increase the last couple of months, hasn't it? Yes, yes, uh, it, it is. Um, and, you know, and it, um, sort of oil prices are heading higher, um, et cetera. And Powell did mm. sort of on inflation, he, he looked at a couple of, of um, factors that are that sort of he's focusing on in terms of core inflation, core PC inflation, um, being goods, housing services, and then other services. Um, and he was pointing out how, you know, goods inflation has fallen sharply due to tighter policy um, and the unwind of the supply-demand dislocation. Um, and he also pointed to the fact that house services inflation, e.g. rents, while lagged, is is starting to show the effects of tighter policy and that that's beginning to fall. So they're all positive signs. But then he points out, pointed out that, other services or non-housing services, which accounts for about half of core PCE and includes the likes of of healthcare, transportation, food services, um, has been moving sideways since, um, since the liftoff. So, so not as positive on, on, on that front. Um, and a lot of that presumably is driven by wages, which again, which will, will make Friday's data that much more important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so these services, there seem to be, um, this component, sort of non-housing services is seen to be some less interest rate sensitive. 
um, but more labour intensive. Um, and, you know, the labour market remains tight. Yeah. Well, hence again, non-farm payrolls, very important coming up this week. But uh, just one other thing. I mean, we'll get off to Jerome Powell because there's lots else to talk about this morning. But uh, just one other thing. I mean, we were talking last week about, you know, where is the neutral rate? And is it actually higher than we'd previously thought? Now, we know that they are heading towards 2% uh, to, as their destination. But how do they get there? Is the neutral rate actually higher? So should they take a different path to reach the 2%? And he sort of dismissed that. I mean, it's not in their plan, it seems. Well, yeah, he said he said that 2% is their inflation target. Um, but on the neutral rate, he did say they cannot identify with certainty the neutral rate of interest. And so thus, so, so he's just saying there's always uncertainty about the pre- precise level of monetary policy restraint. So he he didn't sort of... There was an expectation or, um, that maybe he would suggest that the neutral rate was, was higher. Um, but he didn't sort of weigh in on that debate. Um, I guess Lagarde, though, she did make some comments when we'll move off power. We'll go to Lagarde. Yeah, let's do that. Um, <laughs> she sort of weighed in on the discussion around the neutral rate of policy. I thought, as she pointed out, um, yeah, she was noting that, um, the, Due to global changes, you know, for example, the geopolitical backdrop, um, reduced competition, energy transition, et cetera, that inflationary pressures will remain higher than normal. Mm. So that's sort of weighing into, well, if inflation is going to remain higher than normal, do you need, does new, does, is a neutral rate well, it's higher? It, she didn't, she didn't put that last bit on there. I'm, I'm just adding it to her for her, just in case she forgot. Yes. But I mean, it is, it yes. is, it is different, isn't it? The whole approach. I mean, in, in Europe, it very much is, it feels like, well, inflation, the concern there is still very much supply driven inflation pushing up prices. Whereas in the United States, they've just got this spending. People, I mean, it's part and parcel of the same thing, but in the US, they are spending more. The consumer is more resilient, so they're trying to rein that in rather than trying to, uh, you know, because the issue, I mean, Christine Lagarde made was that, you know, that there, there is this concern that companies are continuing to pass on extra costs because of the supply issues that they're seeing. Yeah, and, and you know, her, her comments, I think, would have been a bit of a shock for for markets, given that she, you know, she very much focused on on inflation and, and you know, the ECB needing to do whatever, you know, is, is required to get inflation down. Um, and, you know, she making, she made those comments in a week where you saw some very soft, um, you know, PMI data out of, out of Europe. Um, and then the, um, you know, the German IFO, um, mm business survey which came out on friday was also very soft yeah a little below expectations wasn't it so it came in at 85.7 86.7 was expected and it's down from 87.4 last time so that is quite a big fall and if you add that on top of the pmis that you're talking about last week uh then yeah not good news at all is it uh better news in the uk consumer confidence has improved well from my from minus 30 to minus 25 in the gfk survey that's in a month so that's quite a move in a month but it's still minus 25 it takes it back actually to where it was in june so the reasons are apparently falling inflation but not much uh, and rising wages which uh, none of that is going to dissuade the bank of england from whatever path it wants to take i don't think Uh, and tokyo's inflation a little weaker uh, for the headline number on friday 2.9 percent year on year Uh, governor raider says you know it's all a sign they're on the right track with their alter easing policy uh, and uh, you know they're expected to see a decline in their in their core rate uh, by the end of the year 
all looking good, supposedly, for, for you know, if that's carried through to the, because that obviously is a leading indicator for the for the national CPI route coming from Tokyo. Yep. Um, you know, I guess that, that news, you know, probably weighed more into, um, into, into the yen and it, it's, it's performance. Um, yeah. Not but- big news though. Yeah. No, no, not 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 big moves at all. No, uh, Australia's retail numbers are out today. Nobody is expecting much growth on that. Zero point two percent month on month. Actually, NAB is forecasting a little less than most on that. Uh, and more interesting is going to be the monthly CPI read for Australia on Wednesday, which I'm told is uh, more reliant on goods. So that's going to impact the amount of disinflation in the mix on that. So it might actually be better than it should be. So don't get too excited, in other words, if I'm reading that right. Yeah, so retail sales today, um, as you said, the market and NAB are looking for a soft print. Um, um, but caution there, while, you know, there is evidence that, that consumer spending is weakening, the view is, is that this print may overstate that that weakness, so maybe you need to look through a little bit. Um, and similar, similarly on the monthly CPI print, so NAB is forecasting a fall in the annual rate to 4.9% from 5.4. Consensus is sitting at around 5.2. Um, but as you pointed out, the July print is skewed towards goods. Um, and there are also some supportive base effects. So while this number might be show some, some weakness, the expectation is that you could see a bit of a reversal in August and September. So again, maybe looking through looking through that number as well. That's why people listen to this podcast for the vital information like that. Uh, EU CPI <laughs> as well uh, this week, which will come down. We're expected, but perhaps not by much because everything seems to be taking a long time. It's a slow road. Uh, China's PMIs as well, the official and the KGM for manufacturing and non-manufacturing, both expected to slide further. Uh, so I don't know, not a great deal of good news, but maybe we'll get some good news out of the uh, non-farm payrolls at the, at the end of the week. Uh, and look, you know, whenever things are looking a bit glum, just uh, yell out the words or the letters AI and everything seems rosy again, doesn't it? Because it's going to save the world. Yes, Phil. <laughs> I'm told. <laughs> nothing. I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. See you, Sky. Catch you next time. Thanks. And there we are. Monday morning's morning call for NAB. I'm Phil Dobby, back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening today. Catch you in the morning.